Uh, uh, on the contract I got, it said Charlie and the Chocolate Wheel Proprietary Limited. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the underlying company was called Sure Thing. I've lost all my money in, in something called Sure Thing. Who was running it? A failed comic. A failed comic. <laughs> Welcome to your life, there's no turning back, even while we sleep, we will find you acting on your best behavior, turn your back on mother nature, everybody wants to rule the world. Oh, fuck yeah, brother. Oh, we are on, uh, baby. We are on the pod. <laughs> mate, we're live. <laughs> it's such, can you really hear the ringing? I, man, don't fucking talk about the ringing. I don't want to think about it. It doesn't exist, man. All right? Oh, mate, I just... Oh, and you know what the thing, the thing is? <laughs> that, that sounds shit now. <laughs> you don't sound as smooth. It's all clunky. After that, we've been working for an hour and a half to get this set up. <laughs> and the Illuminati has been fucking us. One camera, the camera worked and the sound won't, and then we switch it around. We tried every platform Google Duo, Facebook calls, fucking Zoom. Do you understand it's, how annoyed I am now? It's criminal, brother. Absolutely criminal, man. I don't know, like, what, how you got the, man, you got the internet put in today. It's, uh, it's absolutely Dude, the internet fast. is so fast now. The internet I can is so download, fast. It's ruined, it has ruined the call quality. It's too quick. I can, I can download all the whole world's pornography. Like I could just put it all down. If I had enough of a hard drive, I basically want to be like a Bitcoin miner that just has a big, uh, big hard drive and just download the internet of porn, man. I can do it. I can just set it up and just have it in a big, uh, in a terabyte. How much? Oh, it'd be more than that. I want to get a uh, like data mining and just download everything. So I've got access to it. If we ever go off the grid. Man, I do think about that sometimes. Like if the internet went down, like having to go back to magazines, you know how fuck that would be oh mate i yeah i fucking i i just man i I feel bad for those people on the porn sites that sort of only went for a week but then their legacy lasts forever like there's there's a maya kalfar or whatever she's i think she did one week's worth of recording and now she's the biggest thing on there and it's years later she's probably a lawyer and there's nothing (laughs) she can do about it i think she earned about 400 bucks no but i think she's got a social media Following, hey, it's what I said last episode, dude. If the internet collapses, crypto's gone. Can you imagine having to become a social media influencer because you did porn for a week, though? That would be so disappointing. Ah, uh, no, man. She had only she only had because you get limited options, dude. But uh, Paris Hilton's trying to rebrand. Did you see her? This was one of the great uh, the great stories. They had her on Channel Nine, and she's um, she's had plastic surgery, so you can't recognise her. And I don't know if she's had like Eliza Doolittle voice training, but she was like, "Hello," and she said it was all it was all manufactured. The last ten years, she goes, "I'm a genius. I'm a super genius. I knew you wanted a dumb bimbo blonde." And she goes, "I'm." an incredibly smart person that's been milking you. And I was like, holy fuck, that's what she's released, dude. Yeah, she got rid of, she got rid of the vocal fry. I did see that, uh, that article. Yeah. Dude, I don't know if, I don't know if it's the, this amazing rebranding where they go, look, you've been slutty for 10 years. We have to pretend that that wasn't you. <laughs> or if she actually is this super genius that just played the dumb bimbo. But I'm like, how could you be in character? Because so many of those, uh, I don't think that released uh, 
um, porn tape and stuff were in character. Do you know what I mean? When she's giving blowjobs to random people at music events, I'm like, was that still in character, Paris? <laughs> I thought that was, man. Wasn't that? Isn't that part of the brand? You know, you got to be doing. You got to be hustling. I'm like, when you fucked, when you fucked Millsy. And on a balcony and you could see him having like champagne with orange. Like was, was that part of the brand, Paris? I'm like, how deep did you dive this character? You're sucking dicks of bouncers just going, I'm a bimbo. And then go like, fuck, I deep dive that. I'm actually a Harvard graduate. I reckon it's definitely she's a, a rebrand. No, man. man, she's a true, she's a true Andy Kaufman, you know? She's <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dude, you know what I like about it is the way the media is so manipulated. Like there's no shame in coming out to the world and saying that you've been lying for 15 years and you're not like you're not seen as like well you're a fucking monster for 15 no, years i pretended respected. to be someone else and they go like bravo paris well played you absolute villainous person i pretended for 15 years to be at this and that's a relaunch and people go yeah. oh we were tricked but she seems trustworthy now she can run a hotel empire is that why she did the rebrand do you think so that she could run the hotels yeah, yeah, she's doing Paris and she goes like, I'm probably smarter than my grandfather. She goes, I've been putting it on for years. She goes, I've been putting it on. I didn't suck one of those dicks if I wasn't in character. It was all a big prank on you. I'm Andy Kaufman. I'm like, that come on my face, my come on my face was a fucking character. <laughs> so, it's so good. Now, what we were talking about before, uh, all of the technical issues was... Dude, uh, I'm... I don't you, know how you can brush it off. The technical issue has changed the pod. <laughs> Do you know? No. I've been sitting here for two hours trying to like <laughs> fucking like a monkey trying to trying to invent uh, a walkie-talkie using a coconut. I'm like, are you not infuriated? So what we were talking about before the technical issues was that uh, you you yeah. you being concerned that I don't have uh, any sort of qualifications to to give. Or talk, to, not even give advice to talk about financial instruments, but does that extend to crypto? Oh, and also, I feel like if that was uh, if that was going to be a real problem, it, doesn't that kind of restrict you from telling friends at a barbecue about some? Dude, one hundred percent, and that's what I find I find so funny because you're in there and you're laughing. <laughs> you could jeopardize this license. You have no license, and yet you're you're <laughs> discussing financial products, which is outside of the the law, the corpse law. You're basically, to give financial advice, you have to, even an accountant now cannot talk about your superannuation or anything unless they've got, um, they're an authorised rep or they've done some of these qualifications. Like they tick it off, securities, uh, finance, you know what I mean? Like, um, How long do the quals take to get? What, what, what I'm saying, so everyone on Hot Copper is basically in breach of uh, the law. Everyone on these fucking chat things. Well, yeah, that, but that's, that's, what I, that's what I mean. But then like, what is... Like what? You can't give financial advice, dude. So basically, if you're at a barbecue, you cannot say, hey, dude, dude, hot tip, Sabre, get in. That's jailable. You can't yeah. do it. You have to that's, you have to you have to consider their financial situations. You have to do an SOA. <laughs> you have to sit down and go, look, you've got twelve dollars. Maybe you shouldn't put money into Sabre. Maybe you should buy training shoes for your kids or get them a pencil so they can take notes down. <laughs> but that's what I mean. This is a like this is an ASIC thing, right? This is ASIC's gonna come after you and go, You you well, told someone. But like how can how can ASIC have uh, any autonomy or uh, Dude, you can't uh, give financial advice which means i know but you, yeah but 
but like who's who's enforcing this? Even Joe Schmo at a pub that goes, yeah. "Hey mate, sure thing, fucking <laughs> it's a fucking asbestos farm out in Nigeria." Uh, he could go to jail. <laughs> he can't say that because he hasn't considered that person financial s- situation. So if that was recorded, if I recorded it on my phone, yeah, ASIC could uh, take action against him. Like it's only general advice. So it's ASIC that has to go after you and take you to court. Is that dude? Is that and the only thing you can really do is give general advice, which is you can say like BHP is a minor, and that's right. about all you can say. Everything yeah. else is illegal. But ASIC has to take you to court yeah yeah and look I, the, the the thing is the the thing that would loop out is you're not doing it for financial gain so yeah do you know what i mean i think it's if you're charging that must be the loop the loop dude if to, to give financial advice for profit i think there must be an exclusion there where you're like well you're not profiting from it right you're, That's you're telling be someone it. well because otherwise what's you're, asset going to do they're going to drag you through the courts and go like oh yeah he told uh, he told his friend yeah 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 he's like man how can asset <laughs> how can asset have any sort of governance over an individual that's no, so 100% insane because because you've got no you, you've made no financial gain have you you've just got credits no. so it's just like you, you just get a Paris Hilton blowjob at the end of it when you made them $1,200. They'll all suck your dick because of that asbestos mine that you gave me that hot tip. Essex trying to take you to court for your social karma and go, hey, look, he's benefited. He's a, he's the top of his friend group now. He's all the way up there in the pecking order. <laughs> he uh, he met his missus by giving out uh, hot uh, hot Dude, gas plates. He's, <laughs> he's now he's best man at the last three weddings. So, like, we're taking you down, mate. Because you got to make a speech at the last two weddings because of financial tips because you picked a couple of shares. Yeah, we require CGT on all of your uh, all of your best man speeches and the alcohol that you drank. This is one of my things, though. Like, I suppose you're anonymous online, but I think, you know, early on when we didn't have internet, right? If you went to a dinner party and you had an argument, you couldn't look it up. So someone just won. But I feel yeah. like everyone's opinions, they should be judged by it. I don't understand why people don't think you have a memory. Do you know what I mean? Because there's two things. Like, they'll give you advice, and then a year later, when it's proved totally wrong, you hear them giving other advice. And I'm like, hey, 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 buddy, <laughs> buddy, you've got a track record now. You fucked up on your property idea in uh, in London. You can't now talk with uh, authority on a new topic. Do you know what I mean? Like, I think, yeah. I think even, like... Um, Analysts, everyone should be held to account so that retrospectively you can go like, dude, your information sucks. You're a fucking... It's the same with human beings, dude. I find it with uh, parents. They're giving advice on how to raise a kid and I'm like, but you're, you're an asshole. So like, what is this recipe? What are you trying to tell me, Brenda? You're creating another Karen. You go, oh, you've got to have a fucking schedules on the fridge and you give a gold star. Yeah, to create a Karen, a boring fuck that annoys you at the fireworks once a year. I'm like, your recipe, I feel like you can't give advice if you can't cook, man. If you've burnt your scones, but everyone in the world gives opinions. Like, do you not find it arrogant? I just was thinking about hot copper. Because, like, so uh, WGO obviously uh, came right over the weekend, had a little had a little speed bump where they had an administrative fuck up, which a lot of messages coming through about that. <laughs> yeah, they just hadn't filed something. But the thing was, the thing was what, can they, what can ASIC do? Because they've got to protect the retail investor. So even though the guys didn't fail, they failed to lodge something. Yeah. Um, what are they going to do? Suspend it, and then you just never mind the gas, and everyone loses. So they, exactly. they effectively they can only do a wrap on the knuckle. 
because it was some sort of lodgement shit. And, um, do you know, they can't just go, okay, well, we're liquidating. <laughs> do you know, you'll never get, you never get any of your money back. So on Hot Copper, man, like everyone's posting on there under WGO and they're like, oh man, this company's fucked. Like you should have gone with, uh, what was it? Strike STX. You should make, this one's the management structure. It's, it's a horrible, it's all, it's all going yeah. down and like, oh yeah, it's crashing and burning. All these people are, you know, chicken littling, just screaming doomsday. Yeah. And then this morning, those, they're, they're all gone, man. Where are all those people? They're fucked up. The, pr- the price didn't even like dip on, on open. Nothing happened. Do you know what my, fa- <laughs> my, my favorite thing that's so bad about it is you can do, I don't reckon these guys UV, use VPN. These are a lot of brokers and financial institutions that are on there. A couple have been caught recently for like, actually they're, they're on management or they're intrinsically involved with the company and then they hit hot copper. And one of the big ways it's like, do you know I used to do in London where you had two bank accounts and you would rotate each month to try catch little scam artists that were doing small direct debits for like a dollar or two. The big yeah. giveaway on Hot Copper is on the weekends how the these posters, they, they appear during distress times and yeah. then they're also mainly on during <laughs> trading hours when the brokers are trading. Like they're in there going like, it's fucked and they sound a bit sophisticated. <laughs> but I'm like, why doesn't ASIC go on there and match I... I, ISPN number. What, what's it? IPN ISP. number. What are the? Yeah, ISP numbers, and actually bounce it and go, dude. This is coming from Macquarie Bank. This fuckhead on level three is posting saying that uh, National Australia Bank's got big problems or WGO sucks, and you'll actually be able to pin it back eventually. That this is someone from Striker, or it's the the broker that's involved with Striker, or it's someone selling, or someone that's got a short position. And it's actually a crime. Well, that's what I mean. It'd be crazy for ASIC to come after a podcast before they were willing to go to an ISP and say, hey, we need the name. Like, we, yeah, we need the IP addresses of like of these people who have been posting here because we... That's going to be the big scandal and it's already happened, dude. I forget the name. There was a big guy that's uh, been pinged for it and he was on there and he was a broker and he had been saying negative shit and uh, they matched it. And he was his two accounts on Hot Copper was suspended, and he was basically it's illegal. He was giving yeah. financial advice. He was a financial analyst. He's on there posting, yeah. you know, he's authorized, and he's um he was actually trying to manipulate it, and he's going to get pinged for it. But the thing is, I think I don't know why they don't regulate that area of financial advice. There are all these fucking cowboys on there. Do you know, like a saber, you can see it. There's a hundred of posts and I can guarantee you those guys are intrinsically linked with the business. Mm. And within, if, if ASIC just took the time to match the ISP, they could nail, I bet you 30 of the posts are coming from the exact office where saber is located. Do you know what I mean? Like they're that <laughs> lazy. It'd be like, dude, yeah, yeah. It's on your phone. You're the fucking financial controller, you idiot. Well, the hard thing about it is it must be – there's going to be a significant number of them out there are people who um, like are actually involved in finance. But then there's also just these fucking – these idiots, man, who, who I think what you said before about the loophole being, well, they've got nothing to gain. Like there, there are yeah. – people who just sit on hot copper and it's not like they work in finance. They're just, you know, they're 55, they're retired and now they're gambling away their uh, superannuation funds so their kids don't get any. And they're the yeah, ones 100%. who are sitting there like, like oh, no, man, this thing's fucked. It's all going, it's all going down. And like, well, you know, they can't, they can't go after them. You know what I love so much is the law stands as current. 
So it doesn't matter. All these fuckheads think they're so smart and it's sort of like all the serial killers from the 60s and 70s. They're not cleaning up their semen. They don't worry about cleaning up their hair and blood. And then this little thing called DNA came along and retrospectively applied the law to all of them. And like effectively, in my opinion, eventually the internet will amalgamate all uh, identities. So it will be like, what? The CEO of Sabre was on Hot Copper. You can see it. It's linked. And then he's just, do you know like when they get that, they got that guy recently, um, they got a serial killer because some fuckhead, um, a family member went on Ancestry.com and did put Mm. the DNA on. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah, they linked it from that. If FBI was allowed to access that information under freedom and they were like, well, that's the cousin of the DNA that we got on file for this guy that's killed all these fuckheads. Where was it? Uh, um, do you know the name? Uh, I don't know the name, but I do remember reading that. I have a, I have a friend of mine who's very uh, privacy conscious, doesn't have a Facebook page, isn't on Instagram and all of that. And then he messages me one day yeah. uh, to hang out and he comes around. He's got one of those 23 and Me things and he's spitting into this little vial. And I go, what are you doing, man? Yeah. He goes, I'm doing 23 and Me." I go... You don't have a Facebook account, man. You're giving someone your DNA. Like you, you're wor- you're not. You were so worried about your passwords, but you're not worried about your fucking genome. Dude, I actually worked. I actually. It's so crazy. I've, I, I remembered who it was. It's the Golden State Killer, and he had killed so many people. He was an ex police officer, That's and it. he he was basically. He, he was the perfect criminal, right? And this is what's going to happen to these fuckheads on hot copper that haven't thought about it. He was on the task force. Trying to because there were burglaries and there was stuff going on and breaking enters and murder and 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 he went around. He was one of the police officers that was giving advice to people to say, "Look, this Golden State Killer's coming. We come. We'll come into your place and we'll check out your security. Hey, maybe this window's a bit bad. That's." And he was scoping out his own crimes, dude. So he knew the radios. He knew he had a police radio so that he could listen. He left on back channels, like he had an entry point on all the crimes and he would leave and he had been scoping out the crimes as a police officer that went in to help women and go like, hey, maybe you need to get a cat screen here and someone could easily <laughs> climb in through this window and then mask here and leave on this area. And, and then the night... He was very fortuitous. That night it happened. <laughs> Someone came in through that cat tunnel. He's a real life version of Howard Payne from Speed, dude. The bomb. Dude, the bomb. <laughs> dude, the bomb he, 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 he thought he had the perfect crime and he had. But then yeah. his dickhead distant cousin went on to see if he had a, a bit of Asian in him or like probably a racist cousin trying to see if he had any, any <laughs> minority in him so he could cut it out of him. He went in to check, do I have any minority in me? And fucking spat into a container and sent it in and fucked him. And I think this is what I find funny about all these financial crimes. They still exist. The algorithm that keeps plumping the stock up and dropping it down, those timelines can be investigated in 10, 15 years' time. And eventually they're all in there going, oh, we've got fucking holiday houses, I've got a Ferrari. And eventually in 15 years, once I have a lot lot of money, every fuckhead that's that's burnt me, I'm going to do a retrospective review of like mesoblast that's been getting jammed up and down i'm going to find i'm going to get a lawyer to strip apart who did those trades and then i'm going to go after them for punitive damages for what they did to me and it's coming they just have to hope i don't make money because my intent is to 100 percent if i make money is to retrospectively fuck over these people that have been playing games with me so like the they just have to story. pray that i don't that i don't make money 
Because I will go and get a lawyer and try and force the corpse law on them. Yeah, but the problem is that you never... Financial crimes are completely ignored. No one cares about them, man. You know, you can be a financial criminal and unless you are robbing... If you, like, unless you're robbing the elderly and the unfortunate, no one gives a shit, man. Like, y- your mate who went to prison for uh, his crimes yeah, yeah, at, yeah. Uh, at that bank, he... Man, it's only because he was taking money from... From the old, old and, people, <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the what, vulnerable. What happened? What happened to him to go to prison? He just he 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 worked on his tennis game. He's got a great serve now. Do you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's so so good at ping pong. <laughs> and he's caught up in his reading. He's probably unemployable, but like, I don't know. He's got a couple more degrees while you're in the can. He could slightly change his name, and they probably wouldn't pick him up in a in another country. Like, that's one of the big things with uh, the old data matching. You used to be able to just, if you were bankrupt, you could just go to the UK and they didn't, the banks and none of them matched. They do now though, hey? Mm. But previously you would just go and go, yeah, it's, it's Andrew Smith, Andrew Fox. <laughs> and then you just start again in the UK. I've, I know a lot of people that are actually in Australia that, or I know two that were made bankrupt and totally obliterated in the UK, moved here and started afresh because the, the, the credit matching is only done mm. in each country. When you, and when you do something like that, it's impossible to go after you at some point because how do you, how do you unravel it? You know, what, what lawyer is going to go, well, he did this and then was, yeah, well, what about the rest of his life? How, how, how far are you going to strip it back? You know, what and, are you, and you know do what I love that, you know, what I love is when uh, you're at an airport or they, or a form asks you for information by default, that means they don't have it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. if they go like, have you ever been made bankrupt? If they're asking that, that means they're not, they're not capable of doing the search because otherwise why would they ask? They just run that data. Do you know what I mean? Like they go, <laughs> yeah. have, you, have you ever committed a crime? And I'm like, or a minor crime? Well, I'm like, the fact you're asking <laughs> that means that you're not going to do a police search, right? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Theoretically. I've seen Border Patrol and there are a lot of old Asian women who, uh, who answer that they don't have any meat or dairy and they, they do somehow manage to find the meat and dairy. <laughs> Oh, dude, dude, they can smell it in the bags, man. <laughs> yeah, I know, but don't you think they can smell guilt on you as well when you're walking through? Oh, dude, through? 100%. They, <laughs> that's what they need. That's what they'll have next, man. They'll have a beagle in there and they'll just smell guilt. They don't, they don't even do that now. They don't smell drugs. They're just training the beagle to smell someone who's guilty. Dude, <laughs> the thing is, the thing is no one books. Everyone, everyone thinks you just get <laughs> randomly on a flight, but they, they, uh, they do ma- matching way before you're even there. Because I yeah. once came back from London to uh, a wedding and I was only, it was, this, it was so dumb. I left on Thursday, flew all night, arrived here on like the Saturday morning, went to the wedding and then left on Sunday and went back, you know, and got back in time for work. Mm. And um, at the airport had problems everywhere because, do you know what I mean? They had matched like, why yeah. the fuck? Would a guy just fly in? He's flying in just totally to collect a bag of money or drugs and then leave. <laughs> Did it just it made no sense. The guilt sniffing dog is gonna be a is gonna be a big one, man. You have people who are walking through who are uh, <laughs> they're being taken out the back room and having to admit to like Dude. federal police officers <laughs> that they're cheating on their wife. <laughs> like, like, oh, Dude, I, I, what, <laughs> what do you have to declare? It's like I can't tell. You're gonna take me to the back. I can tell you at the back. <laughs> I'm fucking my secretary. <laughs> <laughs> Surely there's a way to disarm a dog, like where you could just put like anthrax on your bag and it sniffs and then just goes, cut, 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 and just, it fucking f- kills its, its nose butt. And they go like, what's happened? What's happened, lassie? What's happened? And it's like, coo, coo, coo. 
and then it's just running into bins and it has no sense of smell for the rest of its life. There must be a, a, a chemical that you can put on a bag that it sniffs your bag and it just basically <laughs> destroys the nasal cavity. Surely. <laughs> you'll have fun, man. You'll have fun managers coming back from work retreats and they'll have shoved, they'll ha- just have shoved baggies of cocaine into every pocket because they don't want to admit what they, uh, what they did while the wife is out of town, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's the coke. It's definitely the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> And stay tuned after the Sure Thing podcast to catch this week's episode of Jeffrey Dahmer and Greg. When Jeffrey Dahmer and Greg throw a party to celebrate their union, a disapproving kitty boycotts the event, and Jeffrey Dahmer sets out to befriend his mother-in-law. But when the Montgomerys and the Finkelsteins finally get together to plan the details, the hostilities really begin, and Jeffrey Dahmer kills a boy. You know what? You know what the best way that where mo- most of the drugs come out during wars, hey, like in the the dead bodies, oh, because yeah, everyone yeah, respects the dead while, and they, they wrap a coffin with a flag, and some psychopath has just cut open the back and just filled it with uh, heroin bags. But because everyone's so respectful of the dead, they're all do 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 do. No one asks any questions because I think the military. I think the military do a large chunk of uh, drug flow. Globally, I'm sure a lot of that doesn't even have to come through the bodies, man. They just bring it in on the Hercules, you know. Well, they just bring it in and and like it, it, it funds it. Do you know what I mean? Like, they, why wouldn't they fund it with drugs? Why would it, why, you know? It's easy money. Do you know what I mean? Do you think it's it's it, because I think the army and the police stand at odds, right? They're not always working on the same team, and eventually, I think the army realizes we're not really we don't do to protect and serve our people. We're trying yeah. to protect and serve everyone. And it's like, well, we can make a profit with heroin. So we might as well just be <laughs> shipping it in because the police aren't going to ask any questions. And our mantra is not to protect and serve civilian. You know what I mean? It's to conquer. Well, there's an obvious answer to this and I don't know what it is, but it has always sat poorly with me just from uh, like film and TV. But the CIA and the FBI do seem like they're pretty much doing the same thing. I get that there's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the it's intelligence and it's investigation, but the overlap is so strong, you know? dude. One hundred percent. Because because when you watch a movie, like if you were a dumb uh, theater film student, you don't really know the difference between CIA and FBI. Like no. you would just when, when you're scripting it, you could easily just write CIA on the hat or um, FBI. Do you know what yeah. I mean? And you know what the thing is? As soon as you create two organisations, they compete. It's so naive to think, like, with their own directives and deliverables, that they're going to work together. Man, I had that working at EB Games. Like, it goes, it goes down to the retail level. Like, you, you're, it's you and some store across town, and you're like, fuck those guys. We're going to sell yeah. so many more pre-owned games and warranty, disc warranties and then. <laughs> Dude, they, they, they do that. They do that fake competition throughout, like, uh, where they put uh, a price margin on and then have... The stores don't realise they're competing. They do that in uh, car yards because I've um, we audited car yards and the price that's set from uh, head office is a mm. lie. So all the, the various store managers think they get this inventory data and they're like, oh, it's 20000 That's the base price. But there's a, another five and it's to create rivalry between the various car yards. Do you know what I mean? So they actually, they want 
contamination. I don't know the word, but you know what I mean? Like where, yeah. they, where they erode, they erode each other's business because it, that's the maximum. That, that, that's what you do with all businesses. That's why in the stockbroking firms have got you uh, like screaming in the morning and trying to cultivate this, uh, 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 this culture of, of like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dominate you. I, don't, like, <laughs> I, I know we yeah. work together, but I'm going to crush your fucking skull. Like that's what Dude, they, 100%. they want. But businesses do that with the transfer pricing just internal to a business. Do you mm. know what I mean? Where they go like, if you want to use that, the marketing or advertising arm, that puts a percentage on your cost, you know? Or they, they actually get to the point where you're like, well, it's cheaper to not use this dickhead internally and we've actually outsourced it somewhere else. Like, it's insane, you know, the level of competition they like to erode the business. Do you know what I mean? Like, what's it fucking called? What's the word mean? Um, <laughs> Cannibalize, cannibalize, cannibalize its own yeah, business. Yeah, yeah. They, they're happy to cannibalize because that's they've. If you run the the models, that's the maximum profit is to actually have cannibalization within uh, profit centers, even within divisions. Because do you know what I mean? Like if you're all rivals, that actually brings. But I don't know if it does, man. Because synergies, surely sometimes like together you stand and you you do better. But whatever, man. Who knows? But that's not the that's not the capitalist model. The capitalist model isn't isn't synergy. If you can recreate a little microcosm of that uh, at any level, I think it's it is at least for the short term, it's going to outperform. And you're never looking past your next financial quarter. No one's ever looking past the next financial quarter. No one gives a fuck. Everyone just wants to make their bonus and then pull the ripcord and get the fuck out. And that's why we're burning to death. This is why this we're is what burning. I with all CEOs, they're all liars. They all arrive and it's always the same thing. If a company's decentralized, they centralize it. And if it's centralized, they decentralize it. And it's always the move. They arrive, they basically throw shit on the previous financial controller, find mm. any error and change all the assumptions to the most conservative and go like, this guy's a cowboy. This is wrong. This is wrong. This is wrong. They absolutely bury the data. So it's in the red. And then they ride on the back of that for the next three years. This is why so many um, leeches can latch into companies. And what they do is they keep jumping into failing businesses, arrive, say that it's an absolute fucking shit show, fucking trash the balance sheet, fuck that P&L, drive it through, and then ride on the back of that uh, cushion that they created and then mm. rebound out of it, three-year mark their exit with a fucking accelerated um, share price, and they just rinse and repeat. And they always get their bonus and they go, he's a miracle worker. He came in, it was a disaster. All the inventory was overpriced, everything was fucked. He's decentralized, what was centralized, and it's worked. He's a genius, but he always makes sure that he exits stage left or right yeah. at the three to five year mark when the reality of the truth of the underlying business is revealed that they never, they never, they never march long term. And you see these guys on their CVs, dude, and they they're regarded as profits. And I don't understand again what I'm saying about data matching. Why a more sophisticated recruiter or higher up board wouldn't see the mechanisms that people are using to sort of manufacture success? Do you know it's all there to see? Their interest is still in the in the next quarter as well. There's also like this uh, underlying like human sentiment of the grass is always greener because that used to happen in, in radio all the time um, before the industry completely died. But you'd get, you'd get someone who'd come in and you could see the, you could see the cycles. Cause you'd have, you'd have a new program director or, a, or like the, the head of programming yeah. for some, 
uh, for some like large network and they would come in and they would go, oh, we're going to get rid of all the local programming and we're going to syndicate it from one place because oh, we've got this great it's talent. It's the same story then, every yeah. time. And then five years later, some new guy's coming in and he's going, we've got to scrap the syndicated, we're going to have local programming. That's what the people Dude, want. Dude, 100%, want you can't arrive at a, an organization and say, so they go, okay, it's a shit show here and you go, look, I'm not going to change much. It seems all right. Just give it yeah. time. Patience, <laughs> yeah, yeah. my friend. Patience. The business is great. It's like, what? You're meant to be a guru. So you have to come in every time, whether you're a program manager or you're the new guy at a car yard or if you work at an office and you've got to say, centralize and decentralize every time. <laughs> you've got to fire your financial controller. If you're the MD, your CEO, you arrive, you trash him. You've got to fucking burn that witch, throw him under the bus, and then put in some other dickhead that's doing the exact same shit. But then you guys ride that window. And it's just about getting your timing right, like on a skipping rope. Dumb fucks go on the wrong side, on the downside of the skipping rope. The mm. smart guys keep jumping and piggybacking on the upside of the skipping rope. But all <laughs> it is is reflecting the business cycle. That's the other joke of it. It's a seven-year business cycle and some guys just time it really well. Guys or girls, do you know yeah. that they keep getting the right hop? And then he's a genius. He reinvigorated Nissan. Now he's moved over to Colgate because he switched industries and realised, oh, the medical's on the up. Flips in there and goes, let's decentralise. And they're like, fucking good thinking, good thinking, Derek. That MBA's paid off. And like, and what's an MBA? When does it ever trickle down to a consumer level as well? You know, like, man, like BMW used to make fantastic cars, like through up until yeah. the 2000s. And then they had some, some new guy come in whose background was all, was all marketing and not engineering. Yep. And man, you can see the build quality. Like I've, I've got a 06 mini out in the garage. You take, you take the hood up, put the hood up. Anything that is, could possibly be made of plastic is made of plastic. Like you go to change the oil and something snaps and you go, what, what was that? Was it important? It's like, yeah, that was all of your pistons. And you go, what the fuck, man? Who made Dude, this? This used it. to be like, like the tippy top of the, of the premium you, car. <laughs> How's the difference? Because before the, the person that was engineering it had a, a love and joy in design. And then what's happened is you've got these ruthless uh, MBA accountant-driven guys that mm. are like, hey, surely we can use cheap plastic for the steering wheel. Yeah. It'll be fine. It's function functionally and think you save one cent. But the quality of the whole product and brand's trashed. And they do it all the time, dude. Trimming corners. Yeah, that's it, man. They, they are gone. They're completely out of there. And then it takes the next guy years to rebuild the brand the other guy's fucked off he's he's already done it to four more companies they've but in the meantime the wake of destruction that they've left every engineer has fucked off and gone oh bmw's shit to work for now and my job's trash so, dude 100 yeah. and they're like they've got no pride in what they're doing it's like elon musk because you can see what he creates is is done with love mm. he just puts in ridiculous shit hey let's get the cars that can bounce up and down and dance to shakira at the lights like he just does <laughs> because he's, you know <laughs> he goes, it can do Shakira. And he goes, we'll get like a water fountain in there that cools water that you can just pump into your mouth as you're driving along. I'm like, why are we doing that, dude? That's an extra grand. And he's like, because it's sick, dude. Imagine having a fucking bubbler. You got a bubbler in the fucking dash. You got a bubbler. You can get cold water and you got an ice, an ice tray that you pull out for your 
for your your Coca Colas. He goes, that's sick. Cunt. His cushion is so massive now, man. Like his cushion is just billions of dollars. He's completely indestructible. He can do whatever he wants. He's not worried about the next quarter. He's worried about nothing ever. All the great <laughs> innovators actually. Uh, cover new new territory mm. like they go off piece and they create new snow and then you can always tell the fucking hacks because in everything in film in companies they come in and they replicate someone that was good it's the same in stand-up right they get a mcintyre then you get a thousand knockoffs you get a kurt cobain then you get a thousand fuckheads doing grunge mm. every movie you get you get a uh, blair witch and people are like, how'd they do it on a handicap? Guess how many <laughs> fucking new Blair Witches have we got? Because oh, some man. fuckhead that's done an MBA is like, let's replicate it. You yeah. have a forest, you have a handicap. <laughs> but the innovator just basically ran out there on mushrooms with a handicap and redid it. And that's what Elon's doing. But eventually Elon, Tesla will just be destroyed by some fucking sniveller with a ruler that tries to go like, let's, we should make the ice tray bigger. I'm like, dude, we got to get rid of the ice tray. It's done. It was a small gimmick. Elon even would have known to get rid of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's that, it happens. It happens in Australian TV, dude. They just replicate. Like every show is just cyclical. Like they, there's very rarely a show or a movie where it seems like it's not a duplicate of an old idea, which is which is they've done blatantly now in movies, man, because they just do remakes now. Everything's a remake. Do you know what I mean? They've actually accepted that there's no longer, the con human consciousness is no longer able to seed an original idea. <laughs> Let's just keep reproducing sausages until we're told that we're fired and our MBA was a waste of time. And going like, hey, hey, you sniveling f fucking turd. You didn't ever create anything new. No wonder the business went downhill. Do you know what I mean? Because Steve Jobs innovated, Elon Musk did, Henry Ford did, but every fuckhead... I mean, we spoke about that before. CBS or, you know, NBC, they only had snivelers in there with MBAs, dude. They were yeah, just course. sort of having their lunch tins going like, hey, if you pack your lunch, you can save money on your lunch as well, guys. Do you know? They're fucking, these are guys that probably brought packed lunches in. Your financial <laughs> controller. If your financial controller's got a packed lunch, he, he should be fired immediately. <laughs> Don't you think? Is that specific advice or is that general advice? <laughs> I just think if, 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 he's, if he's that sensible, if you see a guy arrive with a fucking lunchbox with a muesli bar in it and he's found a way to like try save money on his lunch, get rid of that guy immediately. <laughs> Man, I, oh, yeah, I wanted to talk about, we've talked about this a bit just between ourselves, but what's, what is the mechanism for setting up the Sure Thing podcast hedge fund. Um, I like the, the obstacles that are in the way, obviously. Dude, I don't think we can do it, man, because like under my license, I'm only general advice, dude, and I can, I can give advice on cash and that's it. It's nothing. To set that up, mm. to set that, you have to, um, you, have to you, you have to hold a much more sophisticated license that's really hard to get. And the thing is, because they're smart, they're not handed out willy-nilly. I think there's only a couple of hedge funds. Do you know what I mean? Like you have to have certain liquidity requirements. You have to have right. a backing. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not easily hand dispensed. It's like it's like what you're asking is like on billions. I'm gonna get a banking license. I've got yeah. twelve dollars in the account, and I'm like, <laughs> let me let me get the National Australian Banking license that's got liquidity requirements. Do you know and, and various ratios that have to be matched. APRA, you've got money laundering, you've got so many fucking uh, checks and balances. Do you know what I mean? To actually, to actually be allowed to 
get someone to to sign away and allow you to have um you know a hedge fund but is there not a way is there not a workaround for this man like um uh, well there is dude but it's it's fucking imagine imagine spending millions of dollars to get a, a hedge fund license and then using it for a podcast <laughs> where you're better off you're better off to just sell sell sticks and hats and merch to these people yeah but can't we like it doesn't have to be a hedge fund can't we have a uh, a company with a very generous dividend structure you know like is it not, is it not something we can do i think yeah yeah the other option is to um yeah, to try uh, set up a business. Oh man, you still got that requirement. Hey, even if it was a, a business, do you know what I mean? So what's, like, the, what's the requirement? The, Is the requirement the um? Uh, like- well, it's a totally different license structure, man. Because there's general advice and specific advice. Well, and what's your license? Then even f- further than that, mine's just general advice. General there's advice. specific advice, and then over and above that is like um, fuck. There's another layer, which is um. It's not easy, mate. What are you trying to do to me? You need to get your license, man. You're going to prison. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I went, yeah. You haven't given me any direction, man. I need the. I need you to give me the exam answers before I sit the test, dude. But the thing is, the thing is, this podcast is just a fucking theoretical comedy podcast. You keep trying to weasel it in and turn it into the very thing I feared, which is actually like, this is just talking random shit, <laughs> like a drunk fuckhead that's going like, yeah, I'm going to invent moon rocks and sell them to people. You're actually trying to legitimize it. There's nothing legitimate about this podcast, dude. I know there's nothing legitimate about the podcast, but we've had so many, man, the people who, if you're listening to this, you are mentally unwell because several people <laughs> have gone to wolfie and not not because they've heard something in the podcast but because they enjoyed this piece of entertainment they have contributed and become clients or thrown more money well, in- well listen to this do you know what the thing is what you don't realize is what i learned when I, we were working in that um initial stockbroking is most people invest for the excitement of it. Yes. Like the reality is most people are on antidepressants and they really don't care how it goes. They just want something to happen in their godforsaken life. And yeah, it's yeah. just like whether it goes well or not, it's like a movie ticket. The reality is that most people that trade are just want something to happen in this flatlining life that they've had where it's just like white noise yeah you want a reason to look at your phone it's just white noise and you just you just want a guy in like um snakeskin shoes ringing up going <laughs> yeah you're the yeehaw, yeehaw. we're riding high we're hedged in there's money coming there's oil there's oil in that war we're rich now we're rich and they're just like we're what are we we're rich and we're like get your boner out motherfucker we're fucking raging just anything to break up the monotony of like voice messages from your wife nagging you while you're at work and your boss saying oi you fucked this up. Do it again. You're working all Saturday. That's it. They just want a snakeskin salesman to yell and, and go like, have you checked that chart? They just want some crazy person to ring them on the phone and go, I, I've just checked the chart and I've got a fucking heart on. A raging boner. Money, money, money. And they're like, what's that? And I'm like, you're rich. You're rich. Buy yourself a fucking strip of salmon, motherfucker. You're moving out of that caravan. And they're like, why? Where am I going? And I'm like, picture tropical beaches. Picture parasailing. Picture reading fucking Hunter S. Thompson by a Maldives pool. And they're like, whoa. And they're like, oh. 
Wait, hold on. It's all gone. It's all gone, baby. You need to put another 500 in. Spin the wheel. We're spinning the wheel once more. It's only going up because we've bottomed out, baby. Your money's gone. It can only go back up. There's no way that this could happen again and again and again. Did you know what their their perfect sales call is? It happens in the same call. You're up, baby. And then, what's out? I'm not getting reception. I've just got to go out of the office. I'm in the I'm in the the dog food packing store. Let me just get reception. <laughs> and then when they hit reception, you're like, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> They've been suspended by ASIC. It's all gone. It's all gone. Oh, I really Your wish you had told gone. me to sell. Why hadn't you told me to sell just three seconds ago? It would have been fine. And 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 why 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 are you crying? Why are you crying? And they're like. Wait, wait, I'm getting static. I can't hear. And I'm like, it's back, baby. It's back. You're up. (laughs) (laughs) They're running around. You're up, baby. Get yourself. Your kids are going to go. They're going to Harvard. You finally got that deposit. And they're like, what's that, Harvard? I said, no. Your kids will never work. You fucking trash, son. You've lost it all. That's what they want. They want... They want an experience, man. People just want to fucking have their... um, their finger poked in the hole and just get reactions because you get so bored. That's why I'm saying we don't need a fund. We need some kind of pool system where where we're not we're not giving advice. We're not people give us the money, we gamble the money for them, and then it's fine legally when we give them back either the huge huge gains that we make or the very minimal almost never happens losses (laughs) (laughs) dude what is what is that game what's that movie fuck i wish i had better memory i've cooked it (laughs) which movie what was that movie where this guy it was a simulation it was a rich guy and he could he it was a game that you play a game and they destroyed his life and it was like it was a real life oh do you remember it? I, I've read, yeah. I don't think I've watched it, but I've I've read about it. Um, and it was it was basically he paid for it, and they basically they just destroyed everything, and he just wanted that rush. That's basically everyone's dream. Is it called the game? It might have just been called the game, Matt. It's called the game. Is it the game? It's called the fucking game, dude. Yeah, the David Fincher thriller the- movie. That's it. Yeah, 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 dude, yeah. Dude, yeah. Michael with Douglas. Michael Douglas in it. That's it. And the plot is. He's, he's an investment banker. He's in strange. And he, um, and then they put him into a simulation, right? And the whole game, you know, he, his, his life gets trashed. You know, it's a psychological thriller. Like he gets put in and he's, he, you know, he's, he's contacted by police and he's got to, there's hostages. and But I'm saying that people would actually pay for that. Do you know what I mean? Where it's like you sign up and you come home and you, you know, they, they've created it. Your family's been stripped away. And you're like, what do you mean there's a fire? Where's my family? And there goes, someone's come in. Terrorists have come and destroyed your house. And I'm like, but I live in the suburbs in Dunkirk. What's going on? And they're like, you need to be at a pay box within 13 minutes. People would probably pay for this. And you have a one-year experience where you're actually in, you're suddenly in Congo through the jungle and these weird little triggers. Because you know how people do it now? Like, hey, um, man, yeah, I was going to say people already do this. Like there's some, man, there's, there's financial controllers that you have worked with who have paid big money for a white van to pull up next to them while they're walking to the park for lunch and someone drags them in and they're taken to a basement and some dominatrix slaps them with a nine tails for three hours and then drops them off back home after work. <laughs> That's, that happens every day, man. It's the SDM, uh, B- BDS, uh, whatever. Yeah, the BDSM experience, man. That's exactly yeah, what yeah. it is. But, but you know, you know, there is, um, I'm trying to remember because there was a, a guy that had created a puzzle 
that to find to find money like it was a treasure hunt Mm. Did you hear about that? The no. treasure hunt that people. Well, I mean, were this is a very vague pe- description so far. I might need some more to come. Yeah, on. but dude, it sounds good, doesn't it? <laughs> the treasure hunt to find money. <laughs> yeah, I have heard about a treasure hunt to find money. <laughs> no, it's just come out recently. Man, what do you mean? I've just put two thousand in a WGO treasure hunt to find money. <laughs> no, I'm saying because there was there was speculation. It just came out that it was real, and people had been out there looking for this uh, treasure, and then the. They don't know because the guy, the guy that set it up went and said, nah, here it is, I found it, and had a photo with it. So he might have been lying, but right. people had, had thrown their whole life away to try and look. Do you not – man, I need someone to, under, to remember these references. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah, I don't know what this one is. This one's beyond me. No, it was a real-life treasure hunt. It came out in the media just recently. <laughs> it, there was buried tre- treasure, and it was just uh, – people had looked for ages, and – I. I, I, it was like a scavenger hunt. Are you thinking of the film Pirates of the Car- Caribbean? No, mate, I'm not thinking of... Oh, it's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Sorry, I fucked it up. <laughs> no, man, Oh, was... man, if we, can we please... If we figure out a fund alternative or something to, to work like that, can we please call it Charlie and the Chocolate Wheel? <laughs> mate, totally, man. Well, that's, that's what he's going to do. Dude... I promise you there was um there were clues released. It's the Fen treasure. That might not be it, but that's one of them. Okay. That's what I would do if I was rich. I would create treasure games that sort of distracted people for their whole life and then I could give out more and more clues. But mm-hmm. you know what? If you had a billion dollars, imagine if you could just derail the whole economic system because <laughs> you could say, I've buried uh, $30 million somewhere in the Pilbara Desert. I'm going to start giving clues. And then people would stop going to work and just going like, nah, it's real, dude. Because if you get one to pay off and it could become like what we said, uh, old, old settler world. What, man, if you had significant amounts of money, right? Um, uh, yeah, let's say, let's say you finally reach that billion dollar mark. You think you could really destroy companies, uh, just freshly listed penny stocks, by just short, sh- like shorting them for millions of dollars yep. on the ASX? You could trash it, dude. That's what they allow you to do with shorts. It's like what I said in that analogy before. You can go down to the market. Grapes cost $3 a kilo. You can sell them for free. Just yeah. take free ga- grapes. You can do that for six months, and then you can go, well, the business wasn't that robust, and then it's trashed, and then you set up a grape store, and, you, and they go, hang on, you have nothing to do with grapes. You don't owe grapes, but you're allowed for three months to sell grapes for zero. Yeah, that's the efficient market. It's just testing the weakness. And as the family breaks, the dad eventually has to fucking sell everything, and they're like, well, we tested the market. I went in there and sold theoretical grapes for three months, and his business sucked. And they go, that's, that's the, uh, the market in, in action. Do you know what I'd love, dude? Is that is what you need to do to show humans greed. Is if you became a billionaire, mm. is to set up multiple treasure hunts that destroy everyone. Because it's like Pablo Escobar, how he's buried all that money. But this is legit. And you set up multiple treasure hunts that become all-consuming, like Schmeagle. And you know for the rest of your life, like for a thousand years, people, you've got, a, you know, like a hundred million buried in various places in gold. Yeah. And it becomes this riddle. And then for hundreds of years, these monkeys run around just going, ah, 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 trying to work out your puzzles where you've done pi divided by pi equal, you know, and there's some fucking thing. And if you can find out 
you know, my blood type, you can work out where the money is. <laughs> We're too dumb for that, though, because uh, I, I have thought about that before and how fun it would be. But you dedicate years and years and years to creating this intricate, elaborate puzzle and then you'd release it to the public and some dude with a fucking physics degree would figure it out in 15 minutes and he'd be like, oh, I got the gold, I found it. And you'd be like, fuck, I was supposed to be long dead before anyone found this. I wanted to go to, go to the grave laughing and now someone's got all my fucking money. <laughs> dude, how good's that? You, you, you'd finally, you're uploading it, you put it on the net and then there's some autistic boy that just comes <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? He's, he's on the spectrum, he's worked it out immediately. He's like, I found you, I found you. I'm like, what? 13 seconds? And he's like, I, I, see, I see music as, as colours. I'm like, oh, fuck. Meet Jason, only six years old. Jason's worth $14 million. And he also knows the backstory of every character who's ever existed on the TV show Home and Away. <laughs> Dude, and it's so good. He spent that thirteen million buying all the Pokemon in the world. He just got Jason. Got Jason only has fourteen million of this billion dollar fortune left because he spent nine hundred and eighty six million creating a real life Pokemon. And it's just a <laughs> deformed, so a deformed dog. <laughs> Jason, what? Are, Jason, what are you going to do with your money? I'm going to buy all the world's beanie babies. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, it's a, it, that is an astounding one, man. The Beanie Baby craze, um, the emu craze as well. Australia had a big emu farming one. No, no, sorry, not that was that was the US, wasn't it? US had a huge emu. Joe Schaefer talks about that. Schaefer talks about how his family was involved in like the the emu rush because I guess all these people. I mean, I remember back in Christchurch, right? They had this restaurant. It was a flash in the pan thing, man. This this place opened up and it was like we're the, we're the world's healthiest burgers. And you go in there, right? You go, oh, the world's healthiest burgers, and it's like that's right. It's ostrich meat. It's all ostrich. Ostrich is the way of the future. And you're like. <laughs> What the fucking the big birds? They're like, yeah, it's the it's the future meat. Everyone's gonna buy an ostrich burger, and it and it went under so quickly, dude. Dude, and it was like, oh, it tastes so tasty. An animal that runs that fast, really stringy meat. Yeah. That's Ooh, always tasty. It's, isn't it? it's a real elastic and tough. Where it looks, <laughs> where it looks like a piece of rubber. Oh, that's gonna be tasty. Something with no fat on it that just runs, and it's like stretched out leather. Oh, can't wait for that in a burger. Now, Wolfie, tell me if, if you had uh, to pitch the mascot, the logo for an ostrich burger restaurant. All they do is sell ostriches. What would the mascot be? Right, one guess. Give it a go. Okay. What of an ostrich? It's an ostrich burger restaurant. What is their logo or mascot going to be? Surely, what's it going to be? An ostrich, man. Not this place. Their mascot was a doctor with a stethoscope. <laughs> so you drive past this restaurant, it looks like a fucking GP's office, and you go inside, and you're like, what? We can't help. Are you having a heart attack? Do you want an ostrich burger? <laughs> Dude, how good's that? He, his, ego, his ego meant that he couldn't make it an easy logo. He had to be on the side. He's like, I invented the ostrich and uh, now I've got to be, you know, he, he required. And he goes, I want everyone to know that I invented the ostrich meat. I can't remember what his name was, but I'm pretty sure he entitled himself Dr. Oz, but is like for ostrich. It's- <laughs> Do you realise? How many years of medical school to go through there? And then, you know, man, 
can you imagine he would have spent a decade i reckon a decade of people coming into his gp office and going oh i've got a sore throat and he goes oh i'm gonna open an ostrich burger restaurant and they're going can you please look at my throat he's like i've got all the plans oh doctoring's not for me i think the future (laughs) is ostrich ostrich meat products You know what I love so much is when someone puts their face on it and then the business fails. So when all the investors have lost money, when he's down at the shops, they're like, there's the prick, there's the prick that lost my fucking super on ostrich meat. Come here, Dr. Ostrich. For the rest of your life. In his head, he's going to sail off into the sunset. Instead, it's people throwing eggs out of car, fucking ostrich eggs out of the car. Fuck you, Dr. Ostrich. That's the, man, that's the balls of, uh, and the and the like grandeur of a of a general practitioner, just because you've gone through medical school and you've passed all those shitty exams and you know how how to tell with the fucking tonsils inflamed, doesn't mean yeah, yeah, yeah. that you can create the future of modern cuisine. You know, it's not they don't translate. I like when the sole practic- practitioner. It's one of two things. They either use their own name, which fucks it, because then they're like a radiologist. When they quit, they're like, hang on, where's the Metamucil family, do you know, like the whole brands on that. Or they just pick something random like spineless, spineless radiology. (laughs) It's just some dumb idea. Like either way, it sucks. I I do like the way that people try to generate their own brand because it's a plumber and he's got a brainstorm and he's like, Shit for brains. Shit for brains plumbing. <laughs> you know, and then they've got the, the hats and the signs and they've got their own jingle. Ding, ding, ding. Shit for brains. Come on in. We'll clean your loo. And I just love the fact that they have to be this sole operating business mm. where they've gone like, what's our, what's our brand colour? Well, we're going to do an off brown and the song is like, I'm singing this. Shit for brains. We'll clean your loo. Wash it away. It's a dirty poo. <laughs> he's, he's singing it just fine. I love when you see the remnants of those. Like you see the ones that have had it, that have done well, like a, like a rugs a million or something. And like, man, yeah, yeah. that rugs a million was just some, some guy in a warehouse. And he's like, I've got a million rugs. Rugs a million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and how it's you. That one actually. <laughs> That one, that one actually worked. I love when someone's got a hat or a key ring and I'm like, what the fuck do I want your alfresco's fucking air conditioning? Like, wh- what are you thinking, dude? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like, dude, it's called Jim's Tropical Fish. I'm like, I don't want a fucking hat with that. Like, you insane? <laughs> Just give me my fucking goldfish and get the fuck out of your own head, cunt. Don't you think you're mental? Everyone thinks that they are... Just so close to becoming the next Jim's mowing with their with their thing. Oh, dude, hundred percent, and they all they they all show that hand because you can tell like they were they were crying as they quit their job for Jim's mowing, and their wife <laughs> like, "You've got this, Pete." <laughs> Pete's edging. We're gonna do it, and he's like, "I'm going all in, baby. I've got, I've taken a loan off the caravan. We're gonna fucking get ourselves some clippers. We'll get those key rings. How much are the key rings? Nineteen thousand dollars worth of key rings. We're gonna shove them into mailboxes and make the business work." The upsetting thing is that you can't just be like a plumber now. You can't just be you're like, "Yeah, my name's Steve. I, you can find me in the yellow pages, just under Steve. Look me up." Yeah, Steve with Steve with the mobile number. I'm a plumber. I'm a plumber. Steve, 041 
87623 plumber. Because, man, this is the, the problem is that you've got these people who have had their fucking brainstorms and they are outranking and outmarketing all these other people. When I want a plumber, I want the closest plumber. I want the, a guy who happens to be driving past to come in and fix my fucking Dude, sink. that's the thing. It's not like It's not like you're driving on the freeway and then you're like, 18, 13, 74. Do you know what I mean? Like that song? Like, yeah, yeah, my yeah. toilet's blocked. I'm a dirty whore. Oh, Steve-O's fucking p- pump, pump and dumper. The pump and dumper plumbing company. Oh, I remember. I've got a key ring. What's this on my fridge? You just basically go like this on your phone. You mesh the keys and go like, who can come the quickest? And if they go call out fee, you just go beep, beep, yeah, yeah, beep. Yeah. And you just find someone desperate. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. goes, $100 call out fee. And I'm like... Fuck off. <laughs> beep, beep. And you just keep ringing until someone goes, yeah, business hasn't been great. I'm like, you sound perfect. Get here in 20 minutes and I'll give you 13 bucks to put your fucking hand down my, through my shit and unblock it <laughs> from Lou Rolls, from emu shits because they blocked it up with their fucking emu meat. This rubber has piped it up. I'm like, I've been eating emu meat from Dr. Emu. But you know what was funny is there's windows for these businesses because um, the beanbags failed. Bean beanbag babies are worthless now. Beanie babies. Beanie babies are worthless. And people keep saying like they're going to come back. Like the beanie babies were a great. Oh no, this mate, it's going to be a great investment. We're just going to wait. You know, it's a value hole. It's like those poor fucking gypsies that have the scrapyard of cars, and there would have been a woman crying as she had all these beanie babies and going, "We're rich. We're rich. We fucking done it. We're rich. You can shut down your plumbing business, Jimmy. We got the fucking. We got the beanie babies, and they're worthless now. She's just got stuff fucking rice wrapped in." Fabric or whatever the fuck they are. They, are they rice in a bag? I think so. Pretty much. Well, the disgusting thing about the Beanie Babies is, uh, like anything like this, uh, man, like crypto or like any fucking like oil and gold play, some mining play you go into blind and you're like, oh yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna moon. We're gonna make it. Is that? Yeah, 99% of the Beanie Babies are worthless, but there is some loser out there holding a fucking stag Tyrannosaurus Rex Beanie Baby that's worth $50,000, you know? No, you know, the, you know the one that's normally worth well is where it was a fuck-up because a drunk guy and there's nine ears on it, or <laughs> yeah. it was a bad idea where they go, autistic Beanie Baby, <laughs> and they're like, hang on, that's really on the fucking ears! You can't do that anymore! And then there's three of them, and they go, cut it, cut it! <laughs> But some cunt's got it in a bag. It's, and it's gollywog, beanie baby. Uh, hark back to the olden days of gollywogs and minstrels. <laughs> oh, dude, totally. They go, this autistic beanie baby's eyes are really glass. They, they barely stare off into the distance. <laughs> it's just a flank stare. And it's like, it's two fucking buttons that stare off into the future. Do you know, it can solve puzzles. But do you know, fuck, man. Do you know what I think they should have, though, is... Everything should be a souvenir because people are such monkeys and they love collecting trinkets. Mm. Forget recycling. Just put every product into like, like say if you actually got rice, it's in a beanie baby, (laughs) cans of beans. Cans of beans look like a dolphin. So that woman that collects plastic porcelain dolphins is suddenly going, I'm collecting Heinz bean cans. They look like a fucking ostrich. Would you know what I mean? Like you just put eyes on it. If you put eyes on everything, they'd be like, oh, 
Cheryl's collecting fucking tomato sauce boss bottles because they got eyes on it. <laughs> and she'd be like, I drink the sauce directly from the bottle and now I'm collecting it and they've all got names. This is my little pony bottle. Do you know my little my little fucking that would work. my little ketchup. A little collectible supermarket where you do have googly eyes on all the on all the canned goods. It probably it probably even if it failed, it would ten years later become some throwback thing. People would be like, oh, oh, do you have any of those collectible bean tins? <laughs> Dude, you can see the way people are because it's on YouTube. People like the unwrapping. There's actual, that's the main popular thing, just watching products yeah. unwrap. They lose their mind. If you could just uh, capture that zeitgeist of like the things, they would just be like, oh. Man, I saw this guy on, I was trying to figure out, I got this new condenser microphone. And uh, I was having some issues with it. So I was looking for a, a sound test on it on YouTube. And this guy had a whole video where he took the condenser microphone out of the box and he's using his phone audio to record this video. He never plugs the thing in. To I'm like, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. what are you doing? You're testing the one thing that you, this is a thing you can test live this is yeah, yeah, yeah. this isn't like a paintball gun you don't have to go and take it anywhere man you can make the fucking video with this thing why have you uploaded this and how many other people twenty five thousand other people have just sat there watching this video disappointed that they clicked on the wrong link because it's oh, kind dude, of- <laughs> i hate these videos i hate those videos where they've got it's exactly like the plumber that's trying to brand they've got their theme song ding 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 simo reviews ding ding like and subscribe hit the bell button for future updates i'm like does the condenser work or not fuckhead <laughs> just go directly to the information i've just listened for three minutes ding 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 simo now Simo grows and it's like they always trying to put their personality into these videos rather than do you know what I mean that's why most of the ones that I like are from Asia because they're just their function over form they just basically go condense that 114 bomb good do you know what I mean like they don't have any bells and whistles it's just like this sucks this good bell condenser 999 shit Get nine four four. There are so many industries <laughs> like the trades and uh, uh, oh, like, like pet sales as well, like private pet sales, like dog breeding. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones, uh, but certainly, certainly the trades. Where if I will skip past the first page of Google when I'm looking for someone to come in, like yeah fix something or a mechanic or any or a sparky or whatever because the the first the first 10 are always those like speedy sparkies electricians uh super service and you looking at it going (laughs) you man you are gonna you've got 40 men in a van cruising the city at the moment and you're gonna come to my house and fuck me on price i do and and he's dressed like he's dressed like a mascot like a dragon (laughs) and he comes in and it's the same for me with retail or hospitality. Like, if I go to shop and they learn my name, I'm out. I'm like, I don't yeah. want you to fucking add your personality in there. Just give me my goddamn milk. The only people that want to talk to people are old pensioners that have no hobbies. They go down and go, they get their stamps and their milk and they're like, how's it going? And you see them with their fucking scaly heads. Do you know with the, the dent, they've got flakes peeling off yeah. their head. Do you know, you know yeah. what's it called? Scalies. Or, and they scabies. stand there and talk for hours. <laughs> scabies. They've got fucking scabies <laughs> dripping out of their bald head and they've no teeth and they're like, hello. Oh, she's so good. She really puts a bit of flavour in there. I'm like, just fucking put it in a bag. I don't even want these people. I want them to be basically behind a screen, like a vending machine. 
I want I want uh, a shop to be virtually vending. Don't you think? Where you can actually, it's like a glory hole, and you can just pull the shit out. <laughs> yeah, if you're buying if you're buying a mattress from someone, you want to go like out the back of fucking nowhere in some industrial area to an unmarked warehouse, and you want to go inside the warehouse, and the guy is. Uh, like blowing up balloons and tying them into animals and you go oh i'm here for a mattress and he like takes t- like takes his hat off and runs over he's like oh yeah i sell mattresses hold on hold, hold on i gotta and he gets on the phone and he's selling someone a laptop at the same time and he's like fixing sh- yeah, yeah, fixing yeah. shoes out the back and he goes oh yeah this is the mattress and you go oh forty dollars that's a bit much for a for a queen and he goes oh i'll make it 25 but yet but I can only I can only deliver in a in a forty kilometer radius though, and you go, oh, all right, and that's what you want, man. You want some guy who's breaking his back just to just to pay for the warehouse he's got all this tat in, <laughs> dude. A hundred percent, where you can see him like you can see overdue bills <laughs> when you're negotiating the price, <laughs> yeah. and it's like final demand for the water bill, and you're like, yeah, man, I reckon I'm going to give you thirteen cents. <laughs> For the mattress. Man, like, is there anything better than buying something off of Gumtree and then you show up at the person's house and they have, uh, they like, they've got a, like, a station wagon which is just packed to the brim with personal belongings because they have to flee to the airport immediately. <laughs> Dude, it's the same. I love it. You're right. And they're like, it's a hundred bucks. And you're like, no, mate, it's 25. <laughs> Dude, a hundred percent. You get there, there's a rusted car and they're cooking like what looks like a domestic pet on a fire. And you're like, oh, I'm going to get a deal here. Man. Hi, Darren here for darrensadblokes.com.au, Australia's number one race betting website. By popular demand, we've just added Italian, Chinese, and Jewish to the tote. Pick your favorite and stream the action live online as they enter the Rage Cage to fight for ethnic glory and the title of Race of the Week. This Rosh Hashanah will match your bet on any Jew up to $100. And for Anzac Day this year, we're paying double on all box trifecta when you pick a limey, wop, person of Japanese heritage, frog, or any of the allied powers. But you know what? You know where you get the best deals mm. is big corporations with youth working there that are like uni students, or they don't, and they hate the organisation. And you go in to buy the mattress, yeah, and they go like. And you go like, well, can I have it for 25? And they go, they get their little box uncutting knife and then slash a bit of it and go, yeah, I reckon you can have it for 10. Who gives a fuck? Just stitch this up and then take a photo of it. Those, you know are, so, those are so rare to find though. You get like, because because I, I, No, dude, everyone, everyone working in a company, unless you're mental, hates the corporation. Of course They're they like, do. But that's why the corporations put all these, uh, any smart business puts these stops in place to make sure that, you know, the 17-year-old they hired the other day isn't throwing 40 chicken nuggets into a bag and giving it to someone for, uh, like, the price of a soft-serve cone. They're watching on the cameras and they've got yeah, all man, these... Yeah, man, ca- they've got a camera taped to their fucking head, dude. Someone at head office is watching thousands of GoPro feeds making sure that no one cuts a single mama did, deal. Did you see... Did, <laughs> did you see the new... Uh, at, at Woolies or Coles, they've got a new robot that cleans up messes? Have you noticed it? It's a, it's a robotic uh, spill spill thing that is this, goes around. Is this what you've told what the employees at your local Woolies or Coles after you've taken a shit in the frozen food section? No, no, I'm telling you, there's a new robot there, but I'm like, TikTok people are going to go mental with that. 
Do you know what I mean? You're just going to like go in with drink bottles and just spill it everywhere. You're going to try lock it. Someone's going to try run off with it like a trolley and just fucking lure it out. Man, you know, you know, I did see recently that has to be the stupidest thing I've ever seen in COVID and some weird attempt for brick and mortar stores to keep up with the behemoth that is crushing them known as Amazon and online retail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw a <laughs> this news video and it's just <laughs> a guy, he's, he's strapped in to this like virtual reality machine and on the other side of the screen yeah. there's a robot and as as the guy moves his arm the robot moves its arm and it picks up a bottle of milk and places it shakily into a fridge at like a convenience <laughs> store at about a 40th of the speed that a child or monkey could do the same job <laughs> and it's like yeah, oh we're man. covid safe down at shell now we've got robots stocking all the mars bars <laughs> dude i love it because um yeah, man, a lot of the technology's not right, not there yet, man. I think that's what happened with virtual reality. It wasn't ready, but they reckon some of the stuff's getting there, man. VR's still Soon going pretty hard. Soon we're all going to be replaced. It's going pretty hard still, man. Soon we're going to be replaced, man. Dude, I have to go soon. I can't do a long one this time. <laughs> okay, all right, that's fine. But, we, man, there has to be a solution for the fund problem. We, there's got to be another, um, another vehicle that you can think of that doesn't have the word fund in it that we can utilize for this. These are like the loopholes where you're a student and you go, we don't have a liquor license, so we'll have a raffle. So you set up like a raffle ticket system. Yeah, yeah. Where like, everyone buys one raffle ticket and you win one beer. Or you know, like some loophole, we go like, no, nah, it's not a hedge fund, it's a raffle. It's a fucking <laughs> raffle. One dollar ticket and whatever we make is shared amongst the winner. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. they're like, this is not a raffle. This is a fucking hedge fund, you idiot. It's a raffle. They get given those office work tickets. You send them out, number A47 red. And they're like, it seems to be operating exactly like a hedge fund. It costs $1,000 to buy in and that money goes into the pool and gets invested yes. and then is shared out equally. And you're yes. like... Raffle, <laughs> raffle asset. Come on, Wolfie. There's got to be a way. We've got to figure this out, man. I know there I'm, is. Do we leave it with me? I can. That raffle idea is actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> the raffle idea is good. Why can't we have a company, man? If any schlub can buy uh, fucking shares and other companies, why can't we have a company? But our company's business is just buying shares in other companies, and Dude. people invest in our company. It's such a simple Dude, idea. Dude, 100%. I actually thought about that to beat capital gains because gambling's not taxed. So shares, you should be able to just run it like a sports bet where you basically give the odds that match the underlying... Uh, oh, the asset. Uh, instrument. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The asset. So basically they bet, they put a dollar on the reward is the exact amount, but it's called gambling. It's like, okay, we'll give you 10 to 1 odds on Miso Blast. And then when Miso hits 10 from, from 1... That's, oh, you paid out yeah. and you've got two years for the window to go. It's exactly the raffle argument. And then ATO goes, hang on, this is investing in shares. And you're like, nah, we didn't own the share certificate. This is gambling. <laughs> it's 10 to 1 odds with a two-year expiry date. And they go, oh, oh, you did gamble. Congrats. No tax, no capital gains. Man, that's not a bad idea. That's, uh, that's a pretty good one. Try to find the floor in it, ma'am. I already thought Asset about it. They can't do anything to a bookie. They've got, there's no, I reckon it's probably easier to get your bookkeeping license than it is to become some kind of advisor. But dude, how good is it? Because if you actually gave odds and then maybe you wouldn't get the full realization of the value, but if you gave the odds well, and you ran it like a, a, like, a, like a tote, 
like a tote and you worked out how much was invested so that you were guaranteed to win as well, it's actually a, a brilliant business model. Mm. It's a fucking clever move. It is a clever move. Someone mode. should set that up. Yeah, that someone should be us, man. The sure thing gambling syndicate. Yeah, that's oh, the, if we call it a shit. syndicate. Dude, we did it. We did it. We set up a fucking po- uh, points bet. We set up a fucking sports bet, but it's on stocks. Right. It's a gamble on it. And we, we run it like a tote, like someone that balances the odds on how much is put in is the payout. Do you know what I mean? And it runs exactly like uh, gambling on horses. Yeah, let's do that. Dude, that's what we can do. And then we, we, we run it. But the thing is, you probably need a, license, a gambling license. Yeah, a, bookie, a bookkeeping <laughs> so can... license. Man, a bookie's license is going to be way easier than a fund manager license to get. Oh, shit, yeah, dude. And then we give, we give split bets on odds on, on stocks. We're not giving advice. And then people have a tote on a list of like five speckies. And it, uh, it balances so that, do you know what I mean? That there's a victor even in the loss. And do you know what? I mean? you know what? You can You can give advice on horses as well. If you're sitting there and yeah, you're, yeah, totally. So we 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 just need to create. We're creating our own financial instrument. This is like an options contract, or a, it's it's a it's a contract on the fund, not the fund. Dude, you're and, not buying into and, the fund. And, and, you're buying you're buying into bet on the fund. That's all you're dude, doing. And you you bet you bet on a trade. Will it go up? Will it go down? And then you take the bet, and then the people that bet against it win. Do you know? And the money is shared, and then obviously we. Wait it so that we always win, like the house does. <laughs> <laughs> no, because that's what a, that's what a, you do in the horses, right? Yeah. You wait the odds so that you always make money, unless you're a dumb. You know, you fuck up or something statistically hits you. But generally, do you know what I mean? It's a sure profit. You've already weighted the odds. Do you know you drop it from ten to one to two to one, mm. depending on the the flood or pool of money? Yeah. Yeah, this works. I think this works. Well, we're probably going to look further into it to see if it Dude, it this is work. sick. Now we've realised, fuck stocks. We'll just gamble on what tie the pr- Prime Minister wears at his next speech. <laughs> <laughs> but, but isn't this is basically what futures are, right? It's not, you're not buying the asset. Yeah. You're buying a contract to buy the asset. But the, 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 the instrument is, is buried under capital gains because it was done in, uh, under the, the structure of that well, vehicle. Well, futures was, but, I've, but not our new gambling contract. It's capital, but, but if you can strip it back to odds that mirror the underlying risk with like black and skull and you do a, a financial instrument and it matches it and you provide that odds to someone, then you could effectively bypass capital gains tax, which would make it... Uh, do you know an arbitrage opportunity for people to 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 invest? But how can you how of, can um, you do the how can you do the odds equal equals risk? No, I'm saying like well we have to we have to I can't do that live. No, I know, but <laughs> I like think no, about just that. the mechanism though. How does I that? I think about because that. Because do you need do you need static odds or can you give can you give dynamic odds to someone? Well, dude, the thing is, I don't think you can you, you can only probably uh, dispense the pool of what's invested. Yes. So that might be the problem. Do you know what I mean? Like, so someone, everyone will put in like a hundred dollars. So you'd make it, you'd make it more of a lottery and every ticket would be equal to a share almost. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But it would be like, everyone puts in a hundred, but maybe we get a hundred people in. So the, the, the payout might not be able to match what you would yield on the stock. That's the issue. Well, you know well, what I mean? Unless well, we honored if it. The stock, if the stock goes up, then the payout matches, you know? Like you, you, it would be like a rolling expiring lottery system that paid out 98% of the fund 
uh, every dude, and it's so good. It's so good because we can just uh, delete our Buzzsprout thing when the odds go against us. We just shut down the <laughs> shut down sure thing but, overnight. But no, no, yeah, the, the <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't even. It doesn't matter if the if the pool goes down because if the pool goes down, we're taking two percent for. For the yeah, pool. yeah, we just take a flip on it. But how good's that um, when they go to uh, ASIC and go like, we've been ripped off by a business called uh, Sure, <laughs> sure thing. thing. And they go, they go uh, what is it? It's a, it's a gambling podcast that we found on the internet. Dude, it was a comedian. It was a com- two comedians <laughs> running a financial podcast called Sure Thing. I've lost my life savings on it. I'm like, well... You know what? I reckon you had that coming. <laughs> I think you might have been able to see when that syndicate was called Sure Thing that it was probably not a good idea to put your life savings in there, mate. Oh man, Sure Thing. Yeah. What was what was the name? Well, sorry, what was the name of the company? This was it was registered as. Uh, uh on the contract I got, it was said Charlie and the Chocolate Wheel Proprietary Limited. <laughs> And the underlying company was called Sure Thing. I've lost all my money in, in something called Sure Thing. Who was running it? A failed comic. A failed comic. <laughs> Dude, this is all this is all speculation until we've worked out until we've worked out the legalities of it. Yeah, of course. It's all it's all for fun until it, uh, until it's real. The whole the whole pod's just stupid. It, man, don't we and don't that. worry, dude. Our fucking our our gambling fund is going to be really stupid too. <laughs> dude, I do like this idea of um setting up a gambling fund and then the other thing we could do is set up a franchise that tries to be like a Jim's Mowing. Pick a really bullshit idea which is like maybe contact a rice company and we'll we get, you know, that currently sells rice mm. and try convert them into Beanie Babies <laughs> and say, look, you can use this fabric. And like when someone buys one kilo of rice, it comes in a massive Beanie Baby, like a, like a, like a bean bag. And we go like, this is an innovative, it's like Coles with those mini products. And we convince fucking some shit business to basically sell rice in Beanie Babies. I love yeah, it. Down at Woolies. It's really good. Don't you think that'd be unbelievable? That's so funny. People are down at the shops and you go, it's also a beanie baby. You just you take the rice out and then fill it with sand. It's not as soft, but it's beautiful. It's got beautiful eyes on it. So, Mr. Mr. Wolf, Mr. Armstrong, uh, what what ha- what happened? What's your side of the story? You've been you've just been sentenced to life imprisonment. Oh, yeah, well, we made a lot of money on a on a speculative uh, bullshit financial comedy podcast by creating a gambling syndicate. And eventually we made so much money that we've purchased the franchise Spotlight and Uncle Toby's, forced them to merge together and started selling <laughs> rice-filled soft toys at every supermarket in the country. Dude, and what sugar, happened? rice. We lost all our money. That's what happened. <laughs> we say sugar, sugar, rice, pasta, anything like that. <laughs> Perishable thing was put inside Beanie Babies for these retail, adult fucking cold kids collectibles. And they're like, I got a Beanie Baby. And suddenly they're paying $90 for rice. I'm paying $90 for rice because it's a one-off. It's got a fucking one. It's got one button. Oh, it's beautiful. I put it near my caravan. What was the tipping point of failure? Well, we didn't seal any of the Beanie Babies and eventually mealworms got in and ate all of the stock. <laughs> Dude, we lost it all. We lost it all to vermin. Dude, I love it because old grannies love tea cozies and 
And you know, you ever go around to the house? Everything's wrapped in some fucking knitted piece of shit. Their sugar's got a fucking wool around it. Like, I don't know why. It's like what you keep in the sugar warmer. You, everything's got a fucking coat on it. It's got a jumper. Gus's jumper. And now there's just trails of caster sugar from every shelf to every checkout. Where the, Dude. <laughs> the, the very porous fabric we've put the, put the product Dude, I want to test this, though, because... You, you didn't listen with this robotic spill cleaner that's now in shop. Oh, yeah, yeah. Surely some, someone from TikTok's going to go in with a Powerade and lure it, lure it out like Hansel and Gretel, like spill, <laughs> spill, spill, and take it, take it off into the real world. Like by dripping, dripping it and take it and go, where'd the fucking robot go? Some fuckhead had three litres of water and let it out into the car park that's been run over. Do you know what I mean? Like Man, someone's going to do I that. I reckon it'll, that thing will be in stores for a week before some night field guy has it out back cleaning the loading bay area and then it just takes off and you've got a rogue one cleaning the streets <laughs> dude I, that's what i'm saying like one will end up just in purgatory wandering yep. the world yep. but the other thing is who's not stabbing something into to see what happens oh, like, yeah. what's this hole uh, you got a pen you'll just be like what's this hole <laughs> oh shit <laughs> do you know what i mean you'll be like i wonder what happens if i kick it in the head yeah oh it, it's not fucking designed for that is it you can clean aisle seven but can you pick yourself up off the ground if i push you over dude <laughs> here's a great idea for people you load a trolley with beanie babies of rice and then you've got a, it's like fucking 10 pin bowling. You run up and roll it down the aisle and try to clean up that spill cleaner, the, the, the robot, and see if you can wipe it out. The first person to do that on TikTok is going to blow up, fill a whole trolley with shit, and then you've got to go at the end of the aisle and see if you can clean that fucking thing out. Clean it up. Man. Batter up. Strike. We are only a couple of uh, steps away from bashing robots and this will be what they hark back to man when robots are real this is what they'll be saying like oh when we've, we've when we've developed um uh when we've hit the singularity and we have strong artificial intelligence there'll be people going oh get out of my fucking way you aisle cleaning piece of shit oh you do and and then there'll be there'll be rights to protect robots because people are already people are already emotionally invested. You see it with their cars when they sell it, mm. and you can see like their energy drops because they've always named it she, and it's my little fucking, um, you know, my ma- my mask singer, or they've got little names for it. <laughs> Winona, Winona, your scratch pile of shit. But then when when someone sells it, you can see them emotionally because I bought cars of people, and you can see that they're like, oh, you know, I just want to make sure it goes to a good home. It's had a great run. I'm like. It's a fucking, it's a piece of metal, dude. It's not a beanie baby. If you put eyes on a car, they would try to raise it. Like people can become, this shows how dumb humans are. They can become attached to virtually anything, man. Just ima- yeah, just imagine that, like imagine Knight Rider selling kit. <laughs> dude, do you know what I've and realized? You go, you're, going you know what I- you're kicking the tires and Hasselhoff's there going, yeah, no, man, it's a great car. Um, it saved my life literally thousands of times and uh, across multiple seasons. And he's like, yeah, just want to make sure it goes to a good home. It's like, oh, well, what's the uh, how many how many miles does it get to a tank? And he goes, what? He's like, well, how many? Like, you know, what's the? Why is that important? Why is that important? <laughs> what, it's a Sagittarius. What's the zero to sixty? He's like, oh, what do you mean, mate? Look, this is my this is my best friend. <laughs> this is my. Ah, dude, you know kid. what? I, you don't have realized what you could, they get emotionally attached. You know those little eyes that you get from Spotlight. Yeah, the googly the, eyes, those bubble eyes. 
You could just go and you put those onto random shit. Yeah, like you a put fridge, that onto tin peaches. <laughs> dude, dude, you put that on tin peaches and suddenly people are crying and going, I just can't open the can. I formed, <laughs> I formed, a, I formed an emotional connection with the trolley. It's got eyes. It's looking back. It's sentient. Her name's Jenny. I watched a fucking stupid Pixar movie. The trolleys are real. Cars are real. Pens are real. Anything with eyes on, they're just crying going like, we can't fucking drive vehicles anymore. They've all got eyes on them. Do you know, like, people are actually, if you put eyes on anything, people would form emotional bonds. It's like um, monkey, it's basically like Wilson. Yeah. Everyone is really Wilson Wilson from Castaway. Like, the truth is, they connect because it's the same with animals and all this shit. If you name something, people are emotionally connected. You could name a stick in a park and suddenly someone with Google eyes on <laughs> yeah, it yeah. and they'll be like, don't touch, don't put it in the fire. Jesus, you're a fucking psycho. There are levels though. Have you noticed that the people who are emotionally connected to snakes also seem to have the emotional capability of one, you know? They're always, yeah. They've always got a collection of snakes to go along with their collection of knives. <laughs> oh, d- dude, 100%. They... But people's pets sort of match what they're like. The snake's always the same person, hey? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A criminal. It's always a, <laughs> it's always a psycho, psycho act, trying to act tough because there's little joy in it because, like, it's a reptile so it doesn't form emotional connections and they're like, yeah, pretty, pretty. It literally doesn't have that part of the brain and people will stand there and go, no, he, he, knows, he knows his name. He knows he loves me. He's special. Until he's chewing down on your toddler. And even then they're standing there going, no, Barry, no, don't eat, don't eat, Timmy. (laughs) A snake feels absolutely nothing. Like it would kill you if it it was big enough. It would. It's like a crocodile, like trying to have a crocodile as a pet. A crocodile will eat you if it can, (laughs) even a small one. Like if you put your hand even with those baby crocodiles, they just keep chomping, hoping that they can kill you. As soon as you stop feeding the reptile, the notion of uh, any sort of emotional connection goes out the window. It, you're done. Yeah, yeah. But you know, you know what the thing is? Someone that has a reptile is normally a reptile, exactly like you're saying. Yeah. Their personality mirrors that because they've got the same sort of uh, d- d- disconnect. They will stab you in the back for a box of chicken nuggets if you leave them Dude, unattended. 100%. <laughs> what they're doing is waving a red flag or like to, to show you what they are. Do you know they go, I got so much in common with a reptile. I love it. I love the way it fucking disconnects. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, you're fucking scary. You're dangerous. You could be on a, on a six-hour road trip. You get out of the car and go into a McDonald's and buy a cheeseburger for yourself. They will snatch it out of your hand and run off, completely ignoring the fact that they're 150 kilometers away from anywhere. But, dude, <laughs> what is a snake? A snake is just a, basically a beanie baby. It's like a sock with fucking eyes on it. It is. It's a very <laughs> long sock. <laughs> dude, you could just have a glory hole with a sock through it with two eyes on it, those Google eyes. That's a snake. And they'd be like, I'm connected with this thing. It's actually your dick. It's actually your dick that they're holding. <laughs> and they're like, there's a snake at the local fucking supermarket in one of the public toilets. Your dick in a sock with eyes on it that they play with. 18, 13, 74. My toilet's blocked. I'm a dirty whore. Shit for brains plumbing. Well, I've been eating emu meat from Dr. Emu. Get here in 20 minutes and I'll give you 13 bucks to put your fucking hand through my shit and unblock it from emu shits because they blocked it up with their fucking emu meat. 
This rubber has piped it up. Shit for brains, we'll clean your loo. Wash it away, it's a dirty poo. <laughs> anyway, man, fuck, we better do our uh, final... Yeah, let's get into... Picks of the week. And man, oh, it has been a good fucking day for the b b b b boys What with uh, WGO coming right. I mean, look, to... Uh, <laughs> To completely negate what I'm saying, WGO did go from 23 cents and it, it fucking looked like it was going to run yeah, today look, and it came straight back down to 23 cents. Where it will I remain. know, mate, and you're the one on socials sort of calling it, so we're losing credibility. You're like, a big Arvo run coming and then it doesn't happen and I'm like, don't, don't call it. No. But you know which ones have been... It, but it is coming, it's just not coming today. They're, we're waiting. We're waiting. Well, on look, you. They, they've they've spotted the well. So I learned what that word they've meant the other day. It. I was all these people on hot copper were talking about spudding. <laughs> what the fuck does this mean? But now I'm. You thought it was a potato gun. I thought, thought that, that, I was gun? like, why have I invested in this massive potato gun in Uruguay or wherever the fuck <laughs> it is? <laughs> but so what do we have? Like miso's come back good. It's around four ninety six yep. or seven. Miso's up. So 1%. that's come good. Nova's pumping. It closed at 10. It hit a record high, a 52-week high of 10, uh, 11. I think it hit 11 cents. And now you, you made a good play uh, on this, didn't you? Well, how did how did you go with yeah, Nova? Yeah, baby. I got in at like 8 cents. That's great. That's great. So you've you cleaned up a little bit on this Nova play. Well, I have. And the thing is, the jork should come out this week. So we'll, it will find out. But it's quite good that it's moved into the one cent, half a cent bracket. Because it's significant, right? Once it goes over 10 cents, it's 10 and a half, 11. Mm. So you're moving equivalent to five yeah. previously. Yeah, Do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it, it, the, the, your profit suddenly starts to go. If they can hold it, they tried to push it down on close. But if they can keep it in the 10 bracket, we're starting to cook. Do you know what I mean? Because you, you're moving big chunks. Yeah, for sure. Quickly. For sure. What's the position at now? How are we, how are we doing this week? Because we, we've made a little bit of gain on Nova. Or have the losses on yeah, Miso Plus Yeah, man. But no, us. but the thing is, the thing is you, you, you screwed my strategy because I should have just danced with my wife at the ball because I went out with the floozy, but because it's not leveraged. Do you know, I think I only made like 15 grand on it, but then I, I would have made more on Miso being fully exposed from 4.30. You would have made more on the 1% on the 1% gain on Miso. Yeah, yeah, because I'm leveraged in, dude. Man, that's so because volatile like, say, though, man. That's so risky though. But what I'm saying to you is say I had, well, I think I had 80 grand in Nova, but I'm saying to you, or 60, 60 that came 80 or around that, mm. but I'm saying like that's 120 and me, so do you know what I mean? Plus leveraging on the way up because I can tinker it as it goes to four thirty to five. I can keep ratcheting into bigger positions. Yeah, but Miso is gonna take a shit tomorrow, and you're gonna be happy that uh, that you were in on that Nova play. Yeah, but yeah, but man, why didn't you? Then why didn't you had... leverage into Nova, man? You're blaming me for your own cowardice. I can't because 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 you no because you've got um. LVRs like it's not on an approved list. Oh. That's the the limitation of margins. It's only the top two hundred, and then they've okay. got LVRs like fifty percent, seventy, depending on what the stock is. Do you know? So I've got a fifty on. on I can do a near map or a, a meso, but no one's touching Nova. That's right. a speculative play. Right. Okay. So that has to be mean. that. That's raw stock. So, mm. do you know what I mean? I have to to match. It has to do double double what. What Miso, you know what I mean? So 5% of Miso is 10, 
equivalent to 10 on Nova. What is the position at this week? Do you know? Do you have the number off the top of your what, head? What, what's my number at? Yeah, yeah, because we were... I'm at, two seven, I'm at 275. That's great. That's, see, the last time we spoke numbers, I think we were at 240. So we're up 35. Yeah, 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 yeah. And not yeah, only Jack, that, since, since episode one, we're up from 250 to 275. So we're back... In the green, we're not at the 450 mark, which we should have been at from week Dude, three. <laughs> how, let's do the full story because I, what did I get down to? I got down to 189 at one point. Is that how low you, when the fuck were you that low, man? Didn't I say this? It hit briefly when it was like, uh, when it, it, it fell. Was this, was this when Mezo was tanking? Yeah, I'm trying to remember. Oh, no, no, it was pre the, it was pre, um, pre the announcement. Do you remember when it tanked? Yeah, yeah, yeah the tank yeah, the from big tank. 470 down to three. That flicked me down to one, one, maybe it was one, yeah, it was 189 at the lowest when it was $3. But then it bounced to 330 and it was back, you know, that was midday, right? Yeah. So I probably didn't report it. But then the closer play, it was back at uh, 320. You know what I mean? Right, like right. 320. So I, I don't think I ever, no, no, not 320, 220, 220, 220, yeah, 230. I fucking, 220. just a, land, a lazy hundred grand missing. <laughs> just totally making these numbers sound like rubbery fucking ostrich me, but whatever. <laughs> and so how did you, have you clawed that back from uh, 220 yeah. to 275, mainly just by holding and tinkering with your meso position or was it from yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, fucking well, around well, with look, Nova? Look, because I had got to 300, so if I'd written it down, I would have been fucked. I, I, it was a, a mixed match. Do you know, I made some money on Nova, mm. but then I, I overcommitted on the fall down with me. So I make a big mistake not always clearing it all out with the margin. I should, you know, if I make a call to leave, just for me, if I do make a call to go out at four, you know, and then, or I mean at five, I should probably take it all off. But I never do that because... Um, Long term, I want to be all in on that. Yeah. Because, you know, the coronavirus news and there's other possibilities. So, it's, you know, it's a, it's a silly move to not hold any. As soon as you take everything out, that's when it starts running. Dude, <laughs> how's this a trading hold? Coronavirus cure, it opens at 15. And for the rest of my life, I have to sell Beanie Babies? <laughs> like, what the fuck? And peddle a gambling. I mean? and, yeah, and peddle a gambling uh, syndicate on a podcast. We're going to do a, a shit podcast like there's no way i want to monetize this podcast this podcast is an, a fucking joke dude. we're not selling it to anyone if people do not invest in our gambling syndicate oh man i've spent 60 dollars on soundproofing equipment and i'm never getting that money back i'm gonna be fucking Mate. fuming um and oh and arv arv, ARV Artemis, man. Up 10%. what was it when we uh what was it at the other day when we spoke about nine it? cents? Nine cents. Nine Brrr, cents. Fuck man, twenty percent. Twenty percent. Oh man, yeah, yeah, nine nine point three. Oh fucking, baby, oh, it's a wild strong, one. Man. Very strong. So once again, oh Wolfie, baby, baby, it's a wild world. Did you? What's this? Did you get in on ARV at all, or did you just? Nah, nah. <laughs> I just gave it as a tip. Gave it as a tip. I mean, good tips, man. Good tips. I don't give a shit. I'm just throwing um, random. There's other ones. Do you know the one we haven't spoken about is Nearmap that's largely fucking tanked. Yeah, Nearmap has tanked. Um, we are down, I mean, 2%. But I like, I like Nearmap. It was, the problem was they did a cap raising that was disconcerting to the institutions because they wanted it to self-fund. Mm. And uh, it then it sh- shook the t- tin. No one likes that. It was meant to organically grow. So I don't know why they did that. 
maybe trying to accelerate the growth, but it's never a good look because it's been self-funded for so long. Mm. And then to do a cap raising after a quarter that had failed, do you know that it start the, the smell has arrived. Do you know what I mean? The, <laughs> the, the plumbing might be blocked. Do you know the first signs of the red flag, the white flag have, have risen. Do you know, like a shit quarter, then a reassurance that there'd be a good quarter, then excessive spending and then a cap raising. You better fucking, you better, it's the last dance for them. They better deliver on the next quarter, ma'am. Um, what was the, what, what was the, uh, the product for Nearmap again? High, it's, high uh, resolution aerial photography. Aerial photography. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Because from the from a peak, uh, oh man, yeah, like a, a week ago of two dollars fifty down to two twenty eight. Nearmap's such a rock, a robust business that it could oh. get taken over at any moment. But it's been it's been historically it's it's been significantly high. Like it's had. Yeah, but I think I think a big a big player will eventually swoop in and wipe it potentially. I mean, that would be. Do you nice. know what I mean? It's a no brainer to take out. I mean, like a Google. What happens with, uh, I mean, with, was it Stryker and WGO? Because um, they're, yeah. they're 50-50 on, uh, on this yeah. current play. What, what, what happens if Stryker comes in to, to buy out WGO? What happens to... They've the already share? tried. Yeah, and what happens they to... They tried, the, dude. And what happens for the, what's uh, for the investors? John, John Pointing, uh, Hartley Pointing tried to do it at the low at coronavirus because he's savvy, but we rejected it. What would happen is you'd get a takeover price, dude. And what's the takeover price usually? Well, they tried to offer the equivalent to dog shit and <laughs> obviously the director said go away. Yeah. But they're intrinsically linked. Like the way the mine will work, they'll have to work together. So eventually someone will take it. Probably Striker will take them out. But it's great now because we've sputtered and we'll increase the reserves in the coming months. So the cost that they'll have to pay is through the roof. Do you know what I mean? They were trying to do it on pre-drilling. So, you know, without the extended um, resource. So, Well, would the best position to be in, would, would it be to be holding WGO when Stryker tries to take over or to be holding Stryker as they take over the mine? It depends, man, because Hartley Pointing, that guy's a gun. So mm. that's, why, that's probably why it's got a premium in it mm. because he's, uh, he's a smooth operator, he's good. And then the others are newbies. So WGO, but uh, that will mean that WGO, I think, will eventually be absorbed by STX. Mm-hmm. So, and they'll probably have to do it at a premium. And if they leave it too late with this upgrade, do you know they'll have to pay more? And I, it just depends what you agree. Like I can't give advice, but there are analysts out there that value the current uh, gas supplied around 50 cents to 60 cents um, market cap for WGO. So Is this, and that's before this current drilling project? Yeah, and the thing is they've also been tinkering with a gas supply agreement. So as soon as that hits, hits in, it sort of crystallises and, and realises how much it's worth because you've got gas times price locked in. So it's sort of like, well, analysts can't argue then because it's a, 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 an ironclad contract, yeah. do you know? Yeah. The Lannisters always pay their debts, <laughs> it's in. Yeah. So then, then it's sort of like it, you can't debate anymore. Oh, well, what if the gas price changes? It's like, no, no, no it's fixed. It's fixed, buddy. It's fucking fixed. So, like, the number is exists now in reality unless the, the person that offers it collapses. So, it's a lot harder to argue about market cap once something like that's pegged in. Yeah. So, what I should do really is just hold on to WGO forever and ever because it's going up to $40 a share and I'm going to be Dude, fucking Dude, I don't know if it'll go baby. to 40 <laughs> I think the best you could get is a buck out of it, but it's still a good trade. <laughs> it's a good trade. A dollar's a great trade. I'll take that. 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. I don't think you'll get much more than that. I reckon you, they would probably do an opportunistic takeover at 50 cents, but that's all right. Fuck, you got it at 20, dude. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to – this isn't a hedge fund. This is a comedy podcast. Okay? And this is this is you, – you got in this of your own volition. I know. I never told anyone to buy anything. No, no, no. See, this is the thing is that there's no, there's no advice given on the podcast. Is There is just – you and me chatting to each other and me making horrible decisions. <laughs> this is the equivalent to like um, your drunk mate at the pub that says, I'm going to the fucking casino. I'm going to get a fucking Uber. Do you know? It's, it's 3 a.m., mate. It's closed. And they overhear it going, oh, maybe we could go to the casino. He says there's lots of fun down there. We're going to go in. Like that's about <laughs> as close as advice you're getting. Hearsay. Hearing out of the side of a car, someone yells, blah, blah, blah. And you're like, write that down. We'll invest my life into it. There's no value or discernible. This is sheerly entertainment and probably not even not even good entertainment, to be honest. Definitely not good Very sub-park, manic shit combo that never ends. <laughs> I reckon that you are crystal clear because you've got every interaction, every bit of potential litigation evidence uh any, anything that a prosecutor could bring or asset could bring up against you has has been recorded and sounds insane for anyone to oh, well, <laughs> imagine having to play the fucking 18 hours over the three episodes that we've released at six hours a piece for a jury to go who would trust this man this man is dude it's so, it's so clearly satire <laughs> it's also delivered Non-real time, like the time, by the time these pods out, the thing's moved significantly <laughs> yeah. up or down, you know, so it's totally irrelevant. Yeah, it's and the thing fun. is, none, none of the ideas apply outside of this moment and this moment doesn't exist to the audience. <laughs> exactly. they only hear it way later. The only so like, person who could potentially try and sue you is me. And I sound like a fucking retard suing you. <laughs> Dude, and how's this, how's this vibe? Because you had someone like WGO, this is the first time I found out about it, which shows the big folly in the timing of the information. Like, unless you're a real client, (laughs) it's like, oh, I only found out about this because Wolf had to do a fucking one-hour stand-up show, so we didn't release one for two weeks. So you just didn't get an update and you found out that your your grandma's dead. You know, you lost all your money. The only way to really get any sort of exposure to what we do on the podcast is to invest in Charlie and the chocolate wheel. And by invest, I mean, gamble, Ooh. gamble with Dude, Charlie and, and, you and you know the chocolate get? wheel proprietary limited. You get a free, free crystal ball, which is a magic <laughs> eight ball that you go sure thing. And it just keeps going sure thing. And it goes, should I leave my wife? Sure thing. <laughs> you know, and it leaves it up to you. Yeah. Should I invest all my money in this beanie baby business? Sure thing. But you know what the thing is? It was that that analogy from that episode before. Like when you were traveling and you got sentimental because you hadn't spoken to your parents and you realized three weeks later your parents could be dead and you'd just been on a Kentucky tour. (laughs) That's the same way the advice, the general advice would work on this thing. Yeah. yeah. You would ring up and I'd be like, what? You're still in there? (laughs) Jesus, dude, it was an asbestos farm. You idiot. (laughs) What part of asbestos didn't you understand? You fucking crazy fool. Dude, let's call it a night, man. We'll leave on a high. Yeah, next time we'll be getting into your uh, first forays into brokering. Which we didn't do. This oh yeah, 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 man. Let's un- we had two fucking hours the of technical onion. 
Yeah, let's let's unravel. Cheers, man. And then I should have a new computer. We've had a better run now with the my. At least I'm not doing the internet off my phone. That's how. This is huge, man. This has been a huge improvement. It's too bad that the content is going is on such a steep decline, while the quality of uh, of our communication is on the up. Dude. Well, that's the thing. Now that we can hear each other, it's not as fun. It was so much better when you were both in your own stream of consciousness <laughs> and they occasionally intersected. But generally, it was you and I yelling into the void and on by sheer fluke, sometimes they would they would run parallel to each other just briefly. I will say... They, they would fire off. I will say that this episode... It- only took us about 20 minutes to start screaming at each other. And usually it's around the hour and 20 mark that we're screaming at each other. So I think that that is a huge improvement for anyone still listening to the podcast because we stopped making sense uh, financially or being interesting a long time ago. So now all that is left is the screaming. Dude, that's what I love because I think eventually... Anecdotes will run dry, the trading will run dry, the hedge fund will run dry, and it would just be you and I shouting in the void, just screaming about Beanie Babies. <laughs> it'll just, just be hypotheticals, man. It's going to devolve into hypotheticals, and I can't. Oh, dude, I much prefer the hypotheticals. I find it fun. Man, we've, we've covered some good ground. The real-life treasure hunt, someone can look that up. That's an interesting <laughs> someone can look story. that up and tell us what it was later so we can uh, refer game, back to it. The game, Michael, Michael, Michael Douglas Keating, film, the Michael Douglas film from 1997, the game that we spent two minutes trying to remember what it was called. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that was a good idea. That was I, really um... good. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I want that. Someone on this pod, the, the highest paying Patreon, we will simulate uh, a, a tragedy for your horrific experience. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't you think that'd be amazing? Yeah, yeah, that would. <laughs> you pay it. You pay enough, and we'll come in. And it's like you arrive home. There's a house fire. Your money's gone, and then you have to try uh, a hostage negotiation with us over a phone to try get your children back. I tell you what, and it lasts eighteen months, and you're legally bound. I'm like, Ooh, they're missing, and they're photos of your kids getting skinnier and skinnier. And you're like, I don't like this game anymore. And you're like, you're legally bound. 18 months to go. If you don't fucking play your way out, you lose everything. And, and they're like, but at the end, it's a rush. And it's like Survivor. We're like, it was the greatest game of my life. I've got the kids back. Yeah, it was scary at the nine months mark where, where they were both in prison and not feeding the kids. But we loved it. We loved it. What an experience. It changed my life. And you know what? I appreciate my job at Coles now. And I will never take a risk again. Thank fuck. At, on a, and at the $500 mark for the entry level tier to the Patreon, um, I will take the money and I will put it all into a very, very volatile speculative crypto futures play. And I will oh, dude, that's send, perfect. And I'll send you a link to the... I won't tell you whether I've short called or longed it and then you I'll, but I'll send you a link to the chart so you can watch it go up and down and you can try and guess when I've liquidated your position dude, and you know what you know what the thing is and they go like dude we got ripped off we didn't get anything out of this and you get an email and go like what what you got out of this was realize it's the simple things in life that matter and don't take don't take family and friends for granted ever again be grateful to be alive and experience consciousness bye-bye <laughs> Money is a construct. Money's the devil's fruit. Short the we economy. We fucking freed you. Short your family. Short your future. I freed you from your own greed. A gift that not many can get. <laughs> <laughs>
Enjoy your life, Buddha. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Leveraging your home. Margin personal loans. Hedged by put contracts. Holding 15 overexposed bad positions. Looming threat of liquidation. Everybody wants to 